And time now to join Alita Robinson and Pastor Samuel of a reasonable Christianity. Well, here we are. And guess what? We are indeed. We're doing the rundown for Christmas. It is rundown for Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We, we wish you a Merry Christmas, Christmas and a Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. There you go. That's our, <laughs> that's our little bit of you singing could, for today. That's right. Here, Alida's voice says it's always pretty and beautiful. <laughs> and here comes the voice of the preacher right in the back there, <laughs> a bit burnt. <laughs> gravelly and all that sort of stuff. Well, we are going to be discussing Christmas today. That's right. Which is always wonderful. This is a wonderful time of the year. Yeah. And uh, we're going to focus on the Magi or the Kings or whatever it is that, um, whichever translation you've uh, you've been used to. That's right. Or even what you've been taught as a child. That's right. Mm. That's right. Um, Yeah, so we're looking at the question of, you know, who were these Magi? Uh, were they kings? Because um, I'm sure everybody's sort of grown up with some sort of version of of that that story. Uh, and you know, we're going to read the biblical text. So I'll probably ask you if you if you can. I don't know what version you've got, but uh, otherwise, I'll just read the version I've got here. Um, I'm going to just make preliminary points uh, as much as this question is asked uh, is to say that uh, every one, especially because the uh, in our Western tradition, uh, Christmas has always been about, you know, it's a joyful period, and we wanted to sort of make sure that a babe child is born, so you want to have a bit of a, you know, an inclusion of the children in the program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so some of the stories have been oversimplified. Uh, to the degree where most people remember these stories only from that really childlike, ch- childish version of these stories, and 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 it's unfortunately that's how many people still, when they think about Christmas, that's what comes to mind. I don't know. Does that ring a bell to you? Well, it does. I mean, um, I mean, the Christmas story was only really told told at Christmas time, um, yeah. and a lot of it was focused around children when I grew up, yeah. and the children's story. So, and and also the the Bible narrative is, if you like, a little bit simplified. So there wasn't really any dig, digging into what did it, this really look like? Yeah. What was the time frame? Yeah. Um, did these guys just travel all by themselves, or was there something else going on? Yeah. Um, what sort of mayhem would there have been in Bethlehem? If that's where the uh, the shepherd, uh, the um, sorry, the uh, wise men actually arrived, yes, um, and and even even the whole thing about this entourage of people that turn up at the king's palace, yes, wanting to know about this baby that's been born, and what was the thing with the star? So you know, but, that's but right. It's it's very very simplified, very simplified, and so you, and you tend to skim too. over it. Yeah, very mystic. I, you mm. know. I, I don't mind when when there is a supernatural uh, within the accounts. See, mm. when you read the biblical accounts, there are presentations or occurrences of a supernatural. But I think something also has happened over time where people run to what they think is supernatural, but they're basically describing some something mystic, which then end up being easily can be easily put into the basket of mythologized. Yes. So the entire story then becomes a bit more of 
It's a real story. Everybody knows it. But it's told with some element that sounds so mythologized that it's very easy for people to dismiss them. Yeah. So instead of actually digging really deep into the core of what it was and toiling hard because these are events that have happened in the past to start, to start establishing how can we in a reasonable manner get as close as possible to the occurrence given the gospel writers because they're giving us these accounts some of the things that they're writing uh you know they, they, they'll be the unsay unspoken which were things within the culture that they didn't need to repeat if they repeated it it sounded it would have sounded stupid or idiotic yeah because they're already writing to a particular that's audience right yeah. that's right so let's say for example i just give you an example you're in australia and you're like okay my family and i we went to maccas and um and then we bought you know chippies you know that's an australian writing right yeah now if an Aussie was writing says uh we went to maccas maccas means McDonald, you know, but we, we in Australia shorten everything. That's why we call it Maccas. Mm. And we bought chippies. Chippies are, and, and Australians really like, why well, you need to tell me that? I know this stuff. Yeah. You see. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting example, but yes. <laughs> yeah. But the, the point is there, though, yeah. that these writers will have unspoken things that the people within their context and their culture would get. Yeah. Now, we're far removed. That's why we have to go digging. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, it's like when my wife said to me once, you know, Chucky Yui, and, and you know, she was, she she assumed she was talking to an Aussie. <laughs> She's like, Chucky Yui. I'm like, uh, What am I throwing? Am I throwing something Chucky, out the window? That's right. Am I throwing it in the back of the car? What am I and doing? We con- I continued to drive. She said, Chucky Yui. And, and the last time she had to raise her voice, Chucky Yui. I'm like, <laughs> What is that? <laughs> what is that? So, make a U-turn. I'm like, can you speak English, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, she didn't assume. She could have said, look, Chuck a Yui. What I mean by that is, in Australia, we when we say Chuck a Yui, <laughs> it means make a U-turn. So, you just need to see. I do love that story. <laughs> common, <laughs> common sense dictate that with limited resources, with assumptions within the culture, there are a number of things that these gospel writers didn't have to write. But... We can dig at it, okay? Yes. We can dig, dig at it and we will get... We do love uh, a bit of digging things. here, so... <laughs> <laughs> I've got just something funny. I've got some uh, audience online who requ- requesting that I speak in Chiluba rather than than, uh, than in English. Oh, so, really? Which would be great to the Aussies, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, would you be happy to read the accounts? We're looking at the Magi's. Having made those introductory notes so that you know when I'm starting to pull certain things out, you know there'll be things from the background, but they're obvious in the text. Okay. There will be uh, in the text we can... Well, are you happy to, for me to read it from the, my NIV? Yeah, that's fine. That's All right. Fine. So we're, we're actually in Matthew chapter 2. That's right. And uh, it is a, a subheading which says the visit of the Magi. Yeah. So I will start at verse 1 and we'll probably go through to verse 12. Mm-hmm. So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, yeah. during the time of King Herod, mm-hmm. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? Mm-hmm. We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Mm-hmm. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Mm. When he had called together all the uh, the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Christ, Mm. uh, where the Christ was to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. 
But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, mm. are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. Mm. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. Mm. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Mm. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. In coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Mm -hmm. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Mm. Very interesting uh, reading there. So the the place to start um, is, you know, to to look at the magi, the magi, this 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 magi. What was the uh, what would we uh, try to understand by these these people? These, so, do you, is Magi the right word? Yes, actually, uh, Magi uh, is it comes from the Latin root magus, mm-hmm. and in uh, in Greek is magoi. So, uh, you know, it, it's quite a, a broad term, the word Magi. Uh, but when you look at this particular word, the the proper translation. Uh, is the word wise men. Okay. Wise men, why? Because the Magi's were intellectuals and seers in the, in the East. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they were intellectuals. They were people highly educated and capable of reading, you know, signs of time. They were good in astronomy, but also astronomy, as it was in the East, had always a bit of a another aspect of the supernatural, if you will, your astrology to it, okay? So people used to try to decipher the meaning, spiritual meaning, when they did astronomy. So in the East. So when you when you look at the, the word, this word here, uh, magoi, uh, which is used in, in Greek, because it's a composite word, if you go to the book of Daniel, because Daniel was, was was one such such uh, uh, magi. Uh, let's see uh, Daniel chapter uh, chapter two, uh, if my memory is good. Daniel chapter two. We're looking at uh, verse forty-eight. Now, if you read, uh, let's read from verse forty-six. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered. So you know, the, we we know the story here. You know the story. Is the um, interpretation of a dream? Wasn't that, it? That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. So, um, so Daniel had just interpreted a dream here mm. in King Nebuchadnezzar's uh, court. So, remember the story is quite an interesting one. Uh, the king had a dream, and the king could not even remember his dream. So, the king wanted somebody to tell him. The dream and uh, its interpretation. Okay, I, th- I thought he remembered the dream, but he was testing the seers to see whether or not oh, they, yeah, could, yeah, yeah, let's they, they needed to come to him 
with the actual dream yeah. and then the meaning, and they all said, ah, we can't do that. We can't dream your dream. Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe let, let's see. Let's actually read the context. Now I've, I've said something, my mind will continue to make sure that, I, you know, if I've misspoken, my apologies. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, magis, enchanted sorcerers and astrologers, uh, to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers um, answered the king, may the king live forever. Tell your servant the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was mm. and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your house is turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. That's right. Yeah. So you were right there. The king knew the dream, but he didn't want to tell them. Mm. Now, so, and you read the story because these people in his, in his court were educated people. They were not just superstitious people. They were people who were educated and and there were also people who had supernatural, you know, superstitiously uh, kind of nature, uh, as it were in those in those days. Uh, they were not sort of your, you know, scientist. You know, by scientist, I'm saying people who are who are into scientism. You know, the physicalist of our day, yeah. the rationalist, mm. who just denies that the supernatural doesn't exist. No, these people were not like that. And so it is therefore these people who they were advisors of the king. Yeah. So they had a broad knowledge of the kingdoms around them, the broad knowledge of the so the reading into the future of the of the destiny of the kingdom and the kingdoms around them. This is what they were. So you will find we, we, our English translation say you know, sorcerers and, 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 and magicians and astrologers. That all include the word Magi. So the word Magi is a, Magoi is a very broad term. Okay? Mm -hmm. But let's see, because you see Daniel is included in there. Yes. Even though we know that Daniel was not in sorcery or, you know, he was not an astrologer. But uh, here, here is when you read toward verse 46 where we were. Um, so uh, let's read that particular uh, part and then we will possibly based on uh, where you read. So the king Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate uh, uh, before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then king placed Daniel in high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him the ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. So Daniel became the chief magi. The, mm -hmm. the, the word there is the chief. He became the chief magi, right? Yeah. So he became the, 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 the head of the magi. And moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrator over the province of Babylon and while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Mm -hmm. So Daniel's companions joined him as part of this magi. Mm. 
The reason why Nebuchadnezzar respected them is because you remember there are two incidences, Daniel interpretation of the dream, but also Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had dis- demonstrated the capacity for supernatural when they were chucked into the fire furnace. Mm-hmm. So these people became wise men. So these Magi were educated people, but who had sp- supernatural gifts. Okay? So that, that's sort of a, a way to, uh, to conceptualize the word Magi. All right. Well, we'll um, we'll come come back and unravel that a little bit more. Here's um, the sing team with "For unto us a child is born." For unto us a child is born. 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 Shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a child is born. Listening to 105.1 Life FM, Bendigo's Positive Choice, and we are talking about the Magi here at the radio station. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about um, how they were wise men, yes, and how they had a variety of skills, mm-hmm. and that the people of that day sort of knew what these particular people were, yeah, yes. the skills that they had, yeah. and the sort of reputation that they had. And you've been reading uh, Daniel, who yes. ended up being uh, head being of that group, my jai, that's yeah, right, in that's Nebuchadnezzar's right. time. And oh, well, actually, I think he had five kings that he went yeah, through, yeah, didn't yeah, he? In the he, end, he, well, yes. Um, right. So he was certainly uh, well respected in that space. That's right, because God gave him insights. Into everything that's, that was going on. That's right. That's right. And <clears throat> when you read uh, Daniel chapter one, uh, to just see 
you know, the as I was saying, I was making the point earlier that uh, the king surrounded himself with his advisors. Yeah. So they were the king's advisors. You know, mm. you're talking about, you know, it, it was in a time where the king pursued glory. He wanted to have the most intelligent, the smartest of all people around him. And he wanted to make sure that those people are not only capable of having the information, knowing the science of the Babylonians and the people in the East, but also being able to study the territory, the geography. They knew the history. They could read into the behavior of the people because in case that other king is already starting to prepare to come and attack him. So they were very versatile people. Actually, I'd say to you, those people were so well educated that they were not just like I was sort of a, you know go to university get a PhD you know read a lot of, I'm, I'm not trying to put down our you know education system but I'm saying to you that these people were really highly educated because sometimes we get these sort of um, these these level of sort of cultural pride where we think that you know we of today we're so knowledgeable and so sophisticated that the people back there were just simply idiots no 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 okay so here is daniel chapter one uh in the third day of the reign of joachim jehoiakim uh king of judah nebuchadnezzar king of babylon came to jerusalem and besieged it and the lord delivered jehoiakim uh of judah into his hands along with some of the articles from the temple of God, these he carried off to the temple of his gods in Babylon and put in his house, in, in, a, in a treasure house of his God. Verse 3. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, mm -hmm. to bring into the king's service some of the Israelite from the royal family and the nobility. A young man without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning. Okay? Well informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in a king's palace. Mm. You see the criteria? Yeah. Uh-huh. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Yeah. Now, that doesn't sound like a joke, does it? No. All right. So, people like Daniel uh, ended up there because of the quality of their mind. Mm. And you can see, because of the way the record were kept at the time, that when Daniel, for example, had that kind of amazing moment where he gave to the king not only the dream that the king had, and then gave him the interpretation, and the king bowed and basically worshipped at the feet of Daniel. Daniel, yeah. These are not small things, so they kept record. Mm. So Daniel was one of the highly, highest, highly, you know, respected people in Babylon, and you know that, you know, when you look at Daniel's history, mm. uh, in Babylon, it was a towering figure among the Magal. Yeah. All right? Wise men. Mm. And not only that, uh, I actually want to sort of go to, before I get to how many of these people would have showed up. Now, how did these people then, the Magi, because Daniel, we established the Magi with the wise men. Yeah. It's a, a broader enough term to include their level of learning, education, their engagement with astrology, in other words, the supernatural. Mm -hmm. And what is interesting, you find that Daniel, he never engaged with the astrology because he said, I will bow only to the God of Israel. Yeah. 
So it is because of Daniel, actually, that these people had come to know about that prophecy. Mm. So their reading of the prophecy were reading through the writings of what Daniel had prophesied. When you read Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, verse 22, verse 27, Daniel had prophesied about the coming of the Messiah in the land of, of Israel. And so, uh, just if you grab Daniel and you go chapter 9, mm. and, and we're reading verse 24 uh, to 27. Uh, if if you, we start to read a little bit earlier, um, now our God, either the petition and the petition of your servant from verse 17, for your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and ear open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. He's praying after he'd realized the, the prophecy that was given by Jeremiah. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, making my request to the Lord, my God, for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the early vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Verse 24. 77 are... Seventy sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, so the time when the decree of rebuilding of Jerusalem starts, until the anointed one... So that's the Christ, the Messiah. That's mm -hmm. how, the, that's how you know, it's read uh, in, in Jewish literature. The ruler comes. There will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. All right? Mm -hmm. So that's in total how many sevens we've got here. Seven seven and 62 seven, that's 69 sevens. It will be built with streets and trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death. He's prophesying the death of the, the Messiah here and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. And so Daniel goes on and prophesying from, from there. Uh, war will continue until the end and desolation has been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, it will set up. Um, and so you can go uh, from there. Let's just, for the sake, for the sake of the reading, uh, let's, let's read, uh, read it till there. Because there's, there's a double entendre to this prophecy. Because it goes to the first coming till the second coming of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm just going to leave that. Daniel, there's a double entendre to this prophecy. But see, when they were reading, the Magi were reading this particular prophecy, so they made the calculation of the seven, 
62.7 and 7.7. 7. So when you, uh, you're, later on, you find out in Daniel that the seven were seven years. Yeah. And so when you do the calculation, you end up with about six, 469 years in total from the time the decree of the rebuilding of Jerusalem happened. And this degree was basically issued by Artaxerxes in 444 BC. So you, these Magi, having read what Daniel had written, and they were interested in the magnitude of the, the one who was announced to be coming for Israel, which was the Messiah. Mm. So the big king, the big ruler. And so they would have therefore... Uh, started to look at the at the stars for whatever reason because they're understanding the, the scripture doesn't tell us is you know, uh, the historical tradition doesn't tell us why they would have started to look at the stars but they would have had at least a period of about seven years to observe to see whether they could see the sign that the ruler is going to be born okay so they had about seven years to observe this star after having calculated the six to two sevens. And so in that sense, therefore, it is because of that that when they notice the star and then they start to come and, and visit and see where the king was born. Now, you can imagine these people were sort of not notable people. The, I was reading uh, historically, uh, it is recognized that even when the, the Babylonian uh, kingdom collapsed, the, 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 the Magi the grouping of the Magi became like a religion in a, in a way because it was very highly educated who continued to pass on their knowledge and then who had this capacity for reading astrological signs. So it didn't just die like that. So it continued as a religion in... We, we, we read some extra biblical reading. If I had time, we'll give some extra biblical reading uh, that attest to the fact that the group of Magi remained. They were very highly respected. They actually attempted to get back into power. Uh, and, and, and however, they, they, their attempt failed. So they therefore started this journey to come to Jerusalem. Now, how do, I, how, how do we justify this in the New Testament? Go to the text in Matthew that you read. Mm -hmm. And let's, let's look at it. Um, something quite interesting stands there. Look at the question that... King Herod asked them. Yes, I was thinking about that one. Mm. That's right. Mm. So when you get to... Um, it's in verse 7. Yes. King Herod called them secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. Yes. So they had seen the star appear and they started the journey. Mm. Now, the, the star informed them just of the time. And they came to Jerusalem uh, because they're thinking if a king is born... Where do you expect the king to be born? Of course, the king is born in, in royalty. The, in the palace. Yes. In the palace. Yes, that's right. And so when they come in, how do I know that they were not just simply three lowly, humble people? They were highly exalted people because they would have come with an entourage. Yes. They would have come with an entourage. Mm. Well, how do I know? Because they showed up into Jerusalem and the entire city was in uproar about because of them. Mm. You, you can read it in the text. It tells you that when they come into Jerusalem, when King, verse 3, when King Herod heard this, 
he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Mm. So all Jerusalem heard about this. They saw these people come. They went to the, to, to the, to the king's palace. And so they asked, they, at, the, at this point, they did not know exactly the place where the Messiah was going to be born. No. But they just had the time. So they're like, if we get into the palace. He'll know. The king will know. Of course the king will know. <laughs> yeah. And so they come, okay, we've come here. We, we've been you know, waiting for this. The, 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 the prophecy that was announced by the chief of the Magi during the time of Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Daniel. Yeah. So we've come to just honor this king. Yeah. And so now when they show up, Herod's like, oh, I haven't heard about anything like this. <laughs> well, I just, you think about that and you think, yeah, it wasn't just three blokes turning up at the, at the, no. at the castle and no. nobody really knew. No. Uh, they must have come up yes. with a massive group of people. That's right. And, and they've just cr- created may- mayhem. That's right. And, in, uh, and in, everybody's wondering what is going on, why are all these wonderful people here? What's, that's right. Where are they from? Would have been quite exciting. In fact, you find two, two traditions. The Western church later on, 8th century, you know, start to develop the idea that there were three uh, three Magi. Yeah. That's totally Western. That's Church of Rome. If you go in the East, the Eastern Church that stayed connected with the church in the East, believe there were 12 of these Magi. All right. So 12 with their entourage, you can imagine, it would have been a huge contingent. It would have been amazing. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll uh, have a little bit closer look at that uh, in a, a few moments. Here's Francesca Battistelli with Behold Him. Stockings, one, two, three They all know one is missing It's been a whole year Without him right here Won't be the same kind of Christmas Some years it's wonder And lights in the sky Some years it's okay Silent night when you're 
always nice to have a few Christmas songs as we're going through, isn't it, Samuel? Very nice. So we're talking about the Magi Mm -hmm. and we, I mean, even in this text, which is the only text in the Bible that actually talks about the Magi. That's right. It's not mentioned how many there are. No. And, And we were talking about it like... Things have been simplified, obviously, for, yes. for children and uh, for, for people to understand. But it's like we've taken the children's story, which was an interpretation of what was there, and we've sat with that. Yeah. And we haven't actually gone any further and tried to say, well, okay, why is there three? The Bible doesn't say there's three. Yeah, how yeah, how yeah, do people yeah. figure out there's three? That's right. That's right. Why would, why would that be something? Yeah. No, the, the, the three is basically a late, a late addition of the Western church. Is that because there were three gifts and they thought there were That's one right. with That's right. That's the assumption. Okay. The assumption three gifts so could only be brought by three people. Well, not necessarily. No. No. All right? Not necessarily. We don't have any indication. If anything, it is, we, we are better off going back with the tradition of the Eastern church. And also given the uproar that this event created in Jerusalem mm. so that you can see that these these people came. It was a group of them, and they. And as I was reading and researching into this, you know, the connection is obvious. They had kept the record because of the magnitude of the person who had written these records, Daniel. Yeah, who he was to the kingdom of Babylon, and you know, he was the chief of the Magi. He was a, you know, so these people were record keepers, and they were scholars and seers. So. They had come uh, to honor this king. Now, here's something that I would like. Yeah, you, well, yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that is exactly right because they are still they're from that tradition. That's right. So Daniel, Daniel was part of their own personal history. Yeah. from a from a corporate point of That's view. That's right. Whichever way it went, very honored and respected. Yeah, and so he, what he had taught them and what he yep. had talked about yep. would have been passed down from each generation That's of right. Magi to the That's to the right. next generation. That's so, right. So so they really yeah. It, it's interesting that. When you look at us today, especially like we, we've gone slowly, so we build a generation of people who are not interested in history at mm. all, uh, and or if anything, now the sort of deconstructs, the construction, uh, those who are deconstructing, yeah. Um, so those who are doing the deconstruction, they're actually basically rewriting history, which history is in, in, the, in their own bizarre mind, yeah, anyway. Exactly. All right, anyway, so you can see that we don't understand that the people in the, in the east. People then used to keep record of history. They used to honor that and to keep it and continue. For If there was a prediction, they would stick to it. They would be studying it. Here's, here's another story for you to know. When you read the, 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 the Gospels, there are two cases of people who were reported, Anna and Simeon, were waiting for, their, for the coming of the, the Messiah. They were in the temple. Yeah, that's right. All the way into old age. Yep. Yeah. And and uh, Simeon, when he, he picked up Jesus at the dedication, he's like, Lord, now you can let your servant go. Think about it. The man had been waiting his entire life because he was told that the coming of the Messiah will happen in his lifetime. Yes. And today, give somebody a prophecy. like, yeah, right. Forget it tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So we're talking about very different customs here. Yeah. Now, let's look at, I was interested by the, the, the attitude of the people uh, that when the Magi arrives, the first thing you notice, do you notice that Herod is troubled? And when I was growing up, I read that story. My dad used to read that story. I used to go, why would a grown-up man, king, you've got the empire in your hands. Why would you be troubled by the birth of a kid? Mm-hmm. Well, no, because they knew that, first of all, let me establish some historical facts here. Herod 
was not a Jew from the descendant of Jacob. Mm. All right? Yeah. Herod had it was a he had relations with the Jews, but he was an Edomite. The Edomites were the descendants of Esau. Okay. So he knew that he was not the rightful king of the Jews mm. because the Jewish nation was the descendant of Jacob. Yeah. Right? And so Herod had been placed there by, the, by Caesar uh, so that, you know, he would keep a bit order. of a order, order on, on, just yeah. on the Jews, right? Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, Herod actually built a temple to the Jews. The temple that Jesus entered in was the temple of Herod. To try to win, to earn some favors from the Jews, they didn't see when when he uh, uh, Jesus was um, the people came from from Herod uh, asking the question about whether you know um, this is not Herod the, the father the one who died but the man who had actually beheaded John mm. uh, sent people to check whether Jesus was because they heard that there was some other guy doing things that John used to do as though John had come back from the dead so he sent they go and tell that fox. That's the that's Jesus' language describing Herod. Go to the fox, the the other dead are raised and the blind see and so on and so forth. So there was this disdain for Herod's power. Mm. So when he hears that a legitimate king of the Jews is born, he knew, he'd been dealing with the, the Jewish uprising for a while. So if a a legitimate king had had come, he knew that the Jews would basically gather up their strength and align themselves with this new king, and he's probably going to fight him. So how about I kill the kid before the kid has learned anything about his identity and his bloodline and everything else? Mm. So that's what troubled him. But what is interesting, so that's from his perspective. But when the Magi walks in, think of the people that Herod calls. So Herod calls all the notable, the scribes, the Jews, the Jewish sort of learned people. Okay? Um... When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes mm. of the people together, he demanded of them where the Christ should be born. Mm. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea. So they knew the place. Yep. The Magi did not know the place. They knew the time. But the, these Jews should have known and the place and the time because they had Daniel. Daniel was one of them. Yes. All right. Yep. So they tell him, where did they get this prophecy? Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Oh, you Bethlehem in the land of Judea, you're not the, you're the smallest among, the, but from you shall come the ruler. Mm -hmm. You know, a virgin will be, you know, will be pregnant and then will, will give, give, give birth to a child. So they went to the record and they read that particular prophecy. Oh, you Bethlehem in the land of Judah, you're not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, the ruler of my people Israel. So they give him that particular prophecy. What I find extraordinary is that why had, had, had they not been looking at the times? Yeah, well, they were, I mean, they were looking for the Messiah all the time, weren't they? The Jews talked about That's it right. all the time. So why were but they not on top of this? Here is the second thing. When they gave the information to the Magi, these people with an entire entourage have come there. Why didn't say, okay, well, some scribes, let's follow these guys yeah. because they're searching. Yeah. No, we don't have any such record. No. The Magi just went by themselves. And Herod trusted them to come back and tell him where That's they were. That's right. <laughs> 
That's right. Yeah. So there's this sort of negligence on the part of the Jewish ruling class to go and find out. Yes, if they were that excited about a Messiah coming, why did they not That's send right. somebody with the uh, with the group to go and find it as well? Yeah. So mm. then um, he said to them, okay, well, so you head off and then come and give me the reports. Now, so as they come out, they see the star again. See, when they saw the star, yeah. the star told them the time. So they knew the time window. They came and Herod said, well, when, is the, when did you see the star? So... Herod calculated from the time they told him, how do we know when they saw the star? Because of the time Herod calculated for the time to kill the child. So two years and under. Mm. You get that? Yeah. That's how he calculated. So they told him when they saw the star. They went and never returned. So after waiting for a few weeks, no, 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 no message from these people. So it's like, okay, from the time they told me they saw the star, two years and under would be the window. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in that sense, uh, they went. And so, as they go, they see the star again. Now, there are a number of, uh, there's uh, a gentleman called uh, Euros. He's a, a Christian uh, astronomer uh, who had sort of done a bit of a survey of the data of what could uh, this star be. Because when you tell the, sto- the story, the star is basically nearly myth- mythologized. Yeah. Now, the astronomer, astronomers have looked at uh, what the star could be. Some have, have said it could be a conjunction of planets. So two planets come close together in the sky, and so they'll be brighter. And some will say it was a, a conjunction of a planet and a bright star, or an occultation in which the moon passes in front of a planet, or a comet, or a supernova, which is sort of a blow-up of a star. Yeah, but wouldn't, um, I mean, if, if the star appeared, are you saying that the star wasn't in the sky all the time leading the wise men? I mean, how long did the journey take to get from when they started to get to Jerusalem? Uh-huh. Aha. And the, here comes the, the crunch. Yeah. Because many people who read there, when the star reappear, the translation we have, I don't know if you can, you can, you can, um, you can read that particular part, um, so from verse 7, when they, when they heard that he, uh, he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me a word again, so I may go and worship him. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them. So the star had not appeared up until then, that's why they would come looking. If the star had directed them to the place, they wouldn't have gone to Jerusalem to look. Right. So they saw the star. They understood the time. So they came to where they could find a royal blood. So they understood that it was a Jewish king. Yeah, because so of they this. went to the of the, course the, the, the king of yeah, the, yeah, yeah Israel at the to time. Jerusalem. That's yeah. right. Right. Where do you find kings in a royal palace? So you get there and they find out. Okay, the king is not born here in the palace. And so as they step out, they see the star again. Yeah. So the star is appeared twice. Mm. But this time around, they saw the star, they rejoice. Now, so, Lord, the star which had uh, appeared in the east went before them till it stopped and stood over where the young child was. This is what the English translation is. It's not quite correct. Okay. The word there is quite broad. It's head of me. Uh, it is that it pointed. The star pointed, not the star went and stopped 
okay, think about it just reasonably before we go to. How does a star point? Okay. Do we want to do that now, or shall we do that when we come back? Yeah, come back. Let's leave. <laughs> let's leave that one in suspense. How did the star point? Oh, here's Christmas on the radio with Finding Favour. <laughs> On the radio The lights, the tree The first season snow Reminds me of Jesus, my home My only wish for Christmas this year Is to hold each moment And Christmas will go like Christmas on the radio The manger scene, the crackling in the fireplace where we gather round times must pass and come to an end the last song will play as the snow melts away but christmas will come again my only wish for christmas this year is to Yes, it's Christmas on the radio and we're talking about the stars that are in the sky. And we were talking about, well, we left with a cliffhanger. Yes. How did the star point? Well, so I was saying that the word was hitting me, not it's histamy. Histamy is the word. Uh, now, look at, first of all, before we, the, the, the way to sort of assess these things, before we go into all our sort of supernatural assessment, because even if, for those who say where the star actually guided them and stopped uh, on where the child was born, mm -hmm. they have to assume a number of things that we, we, we don't observe about stars. Do you know how, 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 how far and distant stars are? Yeah. 
Exactly. Do yes. you know how big the stars are? Yeah. So we will be basically looking at this childish primitive way of looking into the sky because we see this small bright light. And often when you see your, uh, your uh, you know, nativity scene, you the know, they put it, above it. Yeah. you know, as though it's this just little, just little touch like little thing that can, stars are not like that. Stars are big, massive, but stars are huge. Mm-hmm. All right. Think about the sun is a star. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, uh, the, the, the interpreter, interpreters here have basically said something that could not be said of stars. Mm. They couldn't be stay of stars. So it is therefore just the, the, the flat out reading of the text tells you that the interpreter have just simply said something that now people have got to go, well, maybe this star was just the Shekinah sort of cloud of the glory of God. We got to start to go, no, no, but the word that is used there, which is, uh, which is literally the word star. Yeah. Uh, so if you're going to look at it, from an astronomer point of view, which Euros was making. So you look at the term Istami, it's quite broad. So the same way the star, when they saw it the first time, indicated to them the time. Yes. And they had the record to know that a Messiah was announced by Daniel and it was in Judah, or it's in Israel. Mm. So they went to the place. So when they came out, they came out and they saw this star again, which, uh, you know, uh, Euros. In his analysis, uh, it, w- it wouldn't have been a supernova because the event of supernova happen only once. They don't; they blow up once, and that's it. Mm. So it could not have been. If it was a conjunction of stars, it would have been identified by all the other, you know, say, astronomers, the Chinese, the the Egyptians. There is no record in history of such stars. So, which has caused sometimes some skeptics to sort of argue that no there was no such event yeah so euros is a canadian astronomer uh he's a a christian Uh, his his website is reason to believe very smart guy he reckons that this is a nova so the nova is you get these sort of the 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 formation of stars where they this this happens sometimes twice so on the same stars it brights and up and shuts and it brights up again but the question was it was in an interval about five years or so, or not five to ten years. But recently, there's actually been observed to actually come up in two years' time. Okay. Which was quite a development that lent credit to his theory. He says, well, look, uh, this is the theory I have. Given that the time that Herod sets to kill the, bo- the newborns in his calculation from the time they told him the sort of stars and the journey in arriving, two years. So the Nova's got a little tail, doesn't it? Cause it yeah, it's not it- a comet. It's not, oh, a comet. it's not a comet, so it doesn't it's have. Not a, a comet. That's okay. right. right. So they saw the star, but remember who told them where to go? The scribes told them oh, it's yes. in Bethlehem. Yeah. So here the history gives that it it was a pointer, an indication, a confirmation that where you've been told to go, and the star you had seen is here. They see the star again, so it confirms that okay, well we're on the right path. Yeah. Is, this is the, the most reasonable way of reading the text. And then from that too, though, they have to find the actual building that the child is in. Yeah, but think about it. You remember we did the Christmas in 2020? It's in Bethlehem. Yeah, it's a small town. It's in Bethlehem. It's mm. a small town. Mary and Joseph had gone back to their people. Remember we said they were not in a hotel, in a motel, or somewhere <laughs> in the wild. 
it was in a guest room in a fa- in one of their relatives' house. Yeah. And when a child is born in a small town like that, Everybody of course celebrates. it gets announced. Oh, yeah. the heir of Joseph is born, the firstborn. There's a, a <laughs> cry. So everybody knew that a boy had been born from Joseph's family. Yeah. So it was very easy for them to get here and say, "We're looking for a child who's been born in this period of time." And they would tell the story. We've seen his star. Guess what? Joseph had a supernatural event. Mary had a supernatural event. It was very easy to go, oh, yeah, the boy over there. Yeah. And so it would have brought some commotion into Bethlehem. Mm. This is why after they had visited and left, because the Lord told them to go in a different direction, Joseph and Mary had to get out of there. Yes. Because Herod would have found. Yeah. Okay. Her, her, well, Herod did find that. That's activity. right. So you'd have found out, okay, they went to Bethlehem. Go there. Okay, well, these people came in with their entourage. Who did they visit? Okay, so Joseph and Mary had to get out there as fast as they could. And it was great to read, too, that um, God gave them a dream. I mean, here they were from the Middle East or from, right. from the East. They weren't in that sort of relationship with the true God, necessarily. Yes. And so... But remember, Nebuchadnezzar got a dream from God. Well, that's true. Yes. That's right. Yeah. So God doesn't have these limitations. No. Oh, you Jew, I'm not going to... If you're not a Jew, I'm not going to give you a dream. No, but they knew it was um, It was from God and that yes. it was a, an instructional dream. Remember, they were, these people had an element of supernatural in there you know, as part of the baggage of training. Yeah. So let's now sort of see what does that mean. It means that if these magi came all the way to Lord, How about our attitude be the same instead of being like the scribes who even though they had the prophecy in front of them and never sought after him. Today we have our Bibles right there in front of us. Mm. We don't seek after him. It's just a mirage, a story we've heard. The same way it was for the scribes. Let's be different. It's Christmas. Let's seek to know this king the way the Magi knew him. Yes, absolutely. And that's a, it's a beautiful time of the year because we can discuss these things. We can talk about it openly. We can tell tell everybody what the reason for the season is. That's right. <laughs> it's not the season that is the reason. That's right. But it's the reason Jesus' birth is the reason for the season. Well, we hope that you've been blessed. We wish you all a very, very lovely Christmas. And uh, as you prepare this week and uh, next Sunday, share some time with family and friends. So thank you for listening. And we will, Samuel, we will be back again next time. Yes.